Hello there. That's the sound of Heathrow's Terminal 5 departures at an unreasonable time of the day, quarter past six in the morning. That's because I'm on a trip to Barcelona on flight BA478. I'm going to test an interesting, slightly retro coupe. And you're coming with me. Good morning. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. Is it just me or do airline safety announcements in Spanish sound like the fast shows Channel 9 to you too? Really hard to take seriously. I was genuinely surprised to see some familiar faces on board the flight. And I'm not talking about the journalists who, like me, were going out to Spain to review a new car. No, the BBC F1 production team were also on this flight. They were on the way to Barcelona to cover the Spanish Grand Prix. So when the plane landed and we walked from the air bridge to passport control, I grabbed the mighty Jake Humphrey for a chat. It seems he's a new listener to Gareth Jones on speed himself. Yeah, it's good. I sat in my hotel room in Austin and had a listen. I'm sorry if we offended you in any way. No, not in this life. We usually offend everyone. (laughs) How are you? How are you enjoying the season? Yeah, it's been good, actually. You know, I think to have not just four different winners in four races, but four different constructors winning those first four races is brilliant for Formula One. And I think the other fact that I've enjoyed so far... Don't fall off the back of the escalator. We are going up the escalator. You know, as a broadcaster, you learn to walk backwards and talk at the same time. I think, you know, the other thing is just the the fact that it's been so unpredictable. I think we had seven different men on the podium throughout the whole of last year. Yeah. And we've had eight different drivers on the podium so far. And it's just things like that that I think are really freshening up for people, keeping it exciting. So it's been good. And as a broadcaster, Mm. how has the change to doing half the races on tape? you changed your workload over yeah, the weekend? Yeah, it has changed my workload and some people are saying, oh, it must be great to have a bit less work to do, a bit more time on your hands and chill out of the races and there's, there's been a couple of nice things, don't hit the post. Um, I've had a, you know, I've never before been able to sort of stand in the pit lane or be on the grid an hour before the race and actually see what's happening because I'm yeah. normally in sort of, you know how it is, broadcast yeah. mode. And so that's been quite nice. And I will admit to sometimes staring across at Sky when they're live on air and they've got people joining them and things are happening and it's dynamic and it's exciting and, yeah, feeling a little bit envious of what they're doing because that's what I live for, you know, live yeah, yeah. television is what it's all about. It makes a huge difference, doesn't it? A huge difference. Catch a huge the moments. Yeah, but I think, you know, there's been pluses to what we've done. I mean, I have to say, we have, the whole of the BBC team have been blown away by the viewing figures. Um, you know, a couple of races getting more people watching the highlights than watched it live yep. previously, which has been yep. absolutely incredible. And the other thing that's great is, you know, I think our show is a broad brushstroke for Formula One fans. It's not niche, it's not particularly techy or geeky or specific in certain areas. You know, it's trying to get everybody watching F1. And I think things like being able to wait and get the race winner or the pole sitter straight after qualifying or the race joining us immediately is a huge opportunity for us because it means if you're sitting at home and you've got a couple of hours and you don't really want to spend all day watching Formula 1 you just want to see a little bit of action you can watch the race and immediately there's the winner being interviewed nothing nothing is important you were talking about the adrenaline rush that you get from live stuff you still get that I remember seeing on the first race was it Australia was it a piece you did with Kimmy you were doing a piece outside the oh yeah in between Yeah. he came out of the door at the right moment you picked up the piece 
did the chat and wrapped it with yeah. a, a live link to whatever it is you were going yeah, to yeah, yeah. as live link. Yeah. So that still must be satisfying as a broadcaster. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we've tried to do is we've tried to carry on the stuff that people enjoy. So we still do an F1 forum, yeah. even when we're not live, which is basically just walking up and down, looking at what's going on. How and much of that is left to chance? It's all oh, to Eddie, isn't it? Just to, yeah, it's you don't, you don't it block is, anything no, at all before? No, no, nothing. We, we simply, if we're live... We stop, wait one minute, then go back onto the F1 forum. But when we're not even live, we just say, "Okay, we're now going to record this, and it's just yeah. me, DC, or me, DC, and Eddie, and a cameraman." And we simply walk up and down, and I say to David, "If you see anything or anyone, grab them. If you want to discuss anything, mention it." And they're completely unscripted. And remarkably, you know, I had messages after Bahrain saying, "Oh, that was the best F1 forum ever." And you're thinking. You know, I don't, I don't really know what the magic of the forum is, but it's not. I think people just see a world they don't normally get to it's, see. It's a different grammar. You have a very relaxed isn't it? Yeah. style to your broadcasting. It's even more relaxed, and we love it. Isn't it? Um, we're going to get arrested for doing an interview. Yeah. Are you allowed to film, just to p- paint a picture for people listening to this? We're now arrived in passport control, and you're getting some stern looks from the Spanish. But I think, you know, we've negotiated the exit from a plane, a gangway <laughs> ramp, three escalators couple of those automatic walkways didn't fall We've over got bags yeah. no one's fallen over and the sensible conversation in the process just about Jake just ever about. the broadcaster thanks um, Gareth hey, it was a, really good fun background to in it. children's television isn't bad for anyone is but it that's the thing that's what television equips you for all of this when you've done kids TV you're good to go but enjoy the rest of the season and I'll continue to sit in my hotel room and listen to your podcasts hey I've got all your records you've got all mine I think there that's you what you say isn't it wonderful cheers see you man thanks Having cleared passport control without being arrested and made it through baggage with all the bits I need to make this programme, uh, all the journalists, and I count, oh, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, probably about 30 of us on the flight have been corralled in a reception room at Barcelona Airport, and we're overlooking a car park. And in the car park, a bunch of, say, at taxis, some bosses, but most importantly a row of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I think 15 Toyota GT86s waiting for the 30 of us to be allocated to them. We'll be partnered up I would imagine, I don't know who I'm going to partner with yet but we'll find out in due course. And we get to drive the car for about an hour, I think, to our next rendezvous point, where we'll be told a little bit more about this rather cute retro coupe. There, I've given it away now. I've told you the car that we're here to drive. Oh, hang on. An announcement. There are two Gareths. Which one are you looking uh, for? Gareth Evans. Are you Evans? Oh, yeah. Nice I'm Jones. Nice right. <laughs> if we got partnered up together, Tom, that would be Tom complicated, Seymour. wouldn't <laughs> it? <Yeah. laughs> it's Tom Seymour here. So there you go. You've worked it out now. The car we're here to review is the Toyota GT86. Slightly retro. I'll explain why a little bit later when I've had a chance to drive the car. I want to get my hands on it and have a look at it first. Well, we're outside now, and we've been issued with a car. Good idea, being as we're here. It's a red GT86 
with uh, what you might call the flappy paddles. That's what people tend to refer to them as these days. I'm not sure what the Toyota word for it. And I always think it's a good idea to talk about your reaction to a car the very first time you see it in the flesh. Because it's always different. What am I noticing? I'm noticing haunches, pronounced haunches over the front wheels with quite a razored edge to them and a quite an adventurous heavily styled rear wing which sort of reaches forward with a sort of a swept forward kind of thing a bit like oh that NASA X29 plane was that what it was called I forget we had swept forward wings and what does it look like well you know they called it the GT86 to invoke the spirit of the AE86, which was a real 80s car. And looking at it here, this red one, don't know if it looks that retro or 80s. When you see it, it's all sort of flame-surfaced edges and flutes and details here. There's a white one and a black one. Now that's an 80s colour for a car. Black or even white. Very, very 80s. And when you see the GT86 in those colours, you could imagine Pat Sharp or that bloke Gaz Top driving it. But I'll settle for a red one, being a Welshman. What does it look like? It looks small. Not tiny, but small. It's not a big car. It's a little, live, lightweight sports car and I've been partnered with Phil Huff is it Phil? It, yeah. You're not the BTCC driver No f- that's Rob Huff Rob Huff No relation N- None whatsoever I'm faster than him though Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> well let's find out <laughs> as we climb aboard the Toyota GT86 I have a feeling this is going to be a bit of fun I really do Now in we go Yep proper bucket seats doors that go clunk rather than crump yeah they don't go crud they don't go crink they go crud crud no can't actually recreate the sound they make alright what we're we looking at inside a bit of plastic on the dash in front of me that's got a sort of a carbon fibre finish to it because it's a sports car it's hot in here isn't it and we've got no sunroof because it's a sports car we have uh, oh, bottles of mineral water provided for us and uh, oh, a wallet with some ca- oh that's yours <laughs> that's very kind of them we've got a button to start and there it is is this the first Toyota with a flat 4 ever it probably is isn't it don't think even there they had a flat 2 in the very early days yeah. so the first flat 4 yeah there it is they could have just Stitch two flat twos together. Engage drive, load map, and off we go. I'll be quiet for a minute, Phil, allow you to focus. Or you could just go for it, I don't care. Prepare to keep right after Well, it's stiff but not rigid right in that first corner we're not bumping and banging but it is a very smooth surface at the airport here at the moment it's meant to have the lowest hit points of any Toyota but I actually feel like I'm sitting quite high up yeah yeah you're close to the roof it's got a low ceiling ah there we go that's better the seat's a bit lower yeah 
Can I get our mass low? It's a sports car. I have a lot of mass. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how this car manages for mass. Sounds rorty. So we're released onto the Spanish. They call it Autostrada around here. What is the Spanish Italy, word? Isn't it? Italy, Auto. Veg? No, that's El the Netherlands. Elmoat. <laughs> and we're heading towards uh, Girona, Tarragona, and some beautiful hills in the distance. Trying to work out. There's a lot of information on the sat-nav here. Yeah. Wants us in the left. Drive at 4.3 kilometres. Thanks, love. Yeah. Nice of her to tell us that. Just looking at the interior of the car, the switches, because it's a sports car, have got that kind of shrouded thing either side that you're supposed to have in a sports car. Are you noticing a theme here? The knurled knobs are octagonal for the climate control. And we're peeling around Barcelona's equivalent of Spaghetti Junction, which is a Paella Junction, I think they call it, don't they? <laughs> Piling into Paella Junction. You're driving an automatic at the moment, Phil, yeah? Yeah. Changing you can tell them. the way it's hunting gears all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Quick changes. Yeah? Yeah. It's on the bottom, is it? They've still got a torque converter, this one, though, so it's got that kind of uh, delay. It's got that sort of lost power as the oil spins up and yeah. drives the rear wheels. I wonder and cruise control. how they've maximised that, because it's supposed to be a sporting coupe. I mean, there are ways of changing the viscosity of the fluid by putting an electrical charge through it, aren't there? Or yeah. the, the load it's under. We'll have to try and talk to someone later on from Toyota and find out if they're doing that in this. Interesting you see the front wings over the dashboard nicely. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. That was one of the first things I spotted there. Really like pronounced that. haunches. I think that's maybe because we are actually... It says it's a very low hit point. We are sitting low. We're sitting so low that the only way that you can clear those front wheels is by having that haunch, you know? It's seven millimetres lower than a Porsche Cayman. You've done um, your homework. Um, I could make a Porsche Cayman that much lower. So <laughs> 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 After 50 metres, keep left. Give us your camera. We're going along the road here and we've just overtaken a Seat Ronda, which was the Spanish-built version of the Strada, wasn't it? Yeah. The Fiat Strada. Are you allowed to pass I'm... on your side? I can't go a great deal slower than this. Come on. Yeah. Come on, senor. Come on, senor. There they come. This is going to be tricky. Oh, he's sitting oh. behind us. Hey, come on. How do you turn this thing on? Auto. It's on. Okay. Excellent. 
Right, where were we? <laughs> say at Rondo. That's an 80s bit of design for you. Rondo. You have to say, well, I'm Welsh, you see. So we have to roll our arse. All the Welsh roll their arse, don't we? But this is, I think, the first generation of cars which invoke the 80s as a piece of chic you know we've had 60s cars you know the mini's been reinvented the fiat 500 has been reinvented we've had 70s cars actually have we had 70s cars did we bypass the 70s altogether now we've got the um, the challenger and the mustang oh true enough in america that's right yeah yeah, even the Chevrolet Camaro, that harks back to the 70s. Yeah. Although done in a much more modern way. And this is perhaps the first generation of 80s cars. But with a... Lots of noise, not a lot happened. Flat four, yeah, really. What's the power output of this, do we know? Uh, 200, 200 horsepower. Okay. 197, I think. And the weight of the cars? 1,240. Oh, crikey. A lot lighter than... Yeah. I was expecting. Yeah, it's pretty light. Fair play. They're doing a stripped-out version of this car in Japan that you can buy without wheels or with very basic <laughs> wheels, so you can customise it. That's really what they're targeting, aren't they? But who's going to buy this car? You know, who is young enough or old enough to remember the 80s as a chic period and something that they want to recreate, I wonder? Who's it aimed at? I don't know. I'm not the best person to ask because I'll just buy an 80s car. Yeah, yeah. An actual 80s car. Yeah. I have no issue with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lancia HP. Crumble zones, we've heard of it. Right after 600 metres. For Christ's sake, I've just bought an Allegro, so... (laughs) Which is 38 years old, your Allegro. What are you going to do with it? Is it just for fun? Or are you going to go to an uh, event or what? Uh, the, the fun lasted four days. That was long enough for me, so it's now going to get sold on. What went wrong? Nothing went wrong at all. I, I drove to the office in it one day, smiling away quite happily. People beeping and waving at you. I just assumed it was on fire or something like that. Um, but by the time I'd finished the day's work, went back to it, I just dreaded getting in the thing. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a culture shock, is it? It is. Roundabout after 300 metres... Take the second exit. I'm not too worried about culture shocks. I mean, I've, I've got a Corvette as well, a 93 Corvette. <laughs> well done. There's your culture shock. Absolutely. Surely the fuel gonna... bills is just yeah. a shock generally. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just starting it up costs you 100 quid as well. <laughs> take the second exit. Yeah, and don't the neighbours know it? <laughs> well, Corvettes are best sounding cars at Le Mans. Take the so it must exit. shake the bones of your neighbourhood. It's not rorty enough, the exhaust, is it? You hear it, but it's not noticeable, is it? Well, I was reading the press pack on the flight, and they've had to keep it quiet for noise regulations across various European places. But what they have done is seemingly they've got a piece of garden hose to channel some of the noise into the cabin. Really? Yeah. It's probably not garden hose. Yeah. You know? The equivalent of... Yeah. Other hoses are available. It might have Toyota branding on it. That would just double the price. (laughs) as long as they're just channeling the noise and not the exhaust fumes <laughs> as well otherwise we'll all be unconscious in half an hour it always takes a little while to orient yourself when you're in a test car that you've just been dropped into at an airport it's just like picking up a rental car oh yeah it's got six gears you realise after <laughs> half an hour and of course this car's got 
two modes, three modes. Is it sport, snow, or regular? VSC sport. We're going to have to read about this, aren't we? Oh, that turns all the help off. Right. I mean, God help us. Yeah, we've got a track later, so I'll find out what that does then. But we're driving in sport mode now, and is it noticeably different, Phil? It is. I mean, the upshifts do seem a little bit quicker, so they've obviously fiddled with that somehow it makes a much better noise as well when you put your foot down it'll just shift down the gears quicker if I just drop it now that's just down two gears almost instantly Uh that takes a while to go back up but hey it's there the suspension's plenty stiff enough anyway so it doesn't need a sport mode for that is it not making any change to the suspension at all I don't believe so it doesn't feel to do anything just the transmission of course, you can't do too much. He's on skinny little Prius tyres. They're just 215 mil wide. Is that what they are? Yeah. That's yeah. to give you the driving experience. They want you to slip and slide around with Absolutely. a real drive car. Yeah, that would be more fun. We just saw that's the Lotus. What's it called? Is it? Yeah, 340R. Or 340R. What? That's right. Yeah, well done. Well done. I need to get out more. <laughs> that's a great car to have in this sort of weather, isn't it? In Spain. Yeah. Not so good in Droidwich. I don't even know where Droid Witch is. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere glum. <laughs> even if it isn't, it should be. Let's hear it. So we go through the top. Give us a blip. Come on. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's good. It's sweet. We like. Just not dramatic, is it? <laughs> No, but that's the thing. I mean, from the outside, they've had to tone it down. So we've got yeah. this, let's say, garden hose to bring it in here. I want to find it. Actually, I should be able to with this device, which is pretty audio sensitive. If I move <laughs> the microphone around the cabin, we should hear it. No, no clue. We'll have to ask them. We'll find out where it is later on. We never did actually find out where that hose leads to. Probably into one of the footwells is our best guess. Toyota's very proud of the innovations on this car. It has a so-called pagoda roof shape, which provides increased stiffness. Something called aero sandwiching, a process whereby the air moving over and around the car literally squeezes the body to keep the car running straight. And the world's first direct injection equipped boxer engine. In combination with a low hip height, low mounted springs and dampers, that flat four boxer engine keeps the center of gravity lower than Greece's GDP. By the way, that engine's bore is 86 millimeters. Stroke, 86 millimeters. And the diameter of the twin exhaust pipes, you guessed it, 85.9, actually no, 86 millimeters. Did you see what Toyota did there? We're driving on some pretty wiggly little Spanish roads now, and Phil's been giving it some uh, beans, I think is the term. I think that's the technical term, yeah. Los Binos, <laughs> I think. And we noticed a nice little blip on the throttle on the downshift a moment ago that sounded nice. 2.4 kilometres. Okay. I just to get it to do it again. There it was. That wasn't Phil doing it. It blipped itself. We were discussing that the car is, in some ways, 
underwhelming. And I think that's probably deliberate because this is not the Super Sport version. There will be another version in time. This isn't it. And so it feels underpowered, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it's not helped by the auto box, which is hunting around for gears all the time. I mean, these twisty roads that we're on, he never quite knows what's coming next. Can't keep up fast enough. But you can imagine if you boosted this another 100 brake, it would make a big difference, wouldn't it? It'd be fantastic. A little bit of understeer at the moment with all the computers turned on, but if we were to just push that back slightly as well to get it a bit more balanced towards the rear, a bit more power, this would be fantastic to drive around here. I mean, it's good now. Yeah. It's not a bad car by any stretch. It's underdeveloped. Well, it's got headroom, is what we're saying. But that's really the essence of this car. You know, you've got headroom for development. As it turns out, Toyota have very interesting plans for the GT86, which is the launch car for Toyota's TRD in the UK. TRD, by the way, stands for Technocraft Racing Development, not Toyota Racing Development, as a lot of people think. TRD is Toyota's Japanese tuning wing, and parts will be available officially in the UK for the very first time, which means this car is designed from the very beginning to be eminently and almost infinitely tunable. And the plan is for the Hachiroku, as it's known in Japanese, to be customizable wherever in the world it's sold. Sold as a Scion in America, isn't yeah. it? Aimed at younger people. But are those younger people going to want something from the 80s? That's the question. Well, there's still repeats of how to, so. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd be a very wealthy man. <laughs> After 100 metres, turn right at the roundabout, taking the first exit. That exit took us to lunch, after which it was my turn to drive the car. I found the GT86's proper bucket seats fitted me like a buckle-fronted Welsh hat. Lovely. And even though our car was the flappy paddle torque converter automatic version, it was still an engaging drive on the Catalan mountain roads. But to prove its promise as a sports car, Toyota had prepared a fleet of manual cars for us to drive around the Aragon race circuit recently carved into the Spanish mountains. If you were the person who'd arranged for a bunch of hooligan show-off car journalists to drive a car they'd never driven before around a circuit they'd never driven before, wouldn't you feel as nervous as a girl guide at a Gary Glitter convention? To find out, I asked our host, Erica Haddon from Toyota UK, what was the worst thing that could happen? Well, the sun's shining and I would hope that nothing bad will happen at all. We've got some really great instructors and they take the guys around first to show them where they're going, what they're doing, how to take the corners and then they're let loose in the cars. So, fingers crossed, nothing bad will happen. You do this all the time. You manage a dozen trips or more every year for journalists to review cars. What are the sort of things that do go wrong and not just on the circuit but generally well there's obviously the logistics of flights so sometimes the flights don't arrive on time or we have journalists who miss their flights and if possible we try and get them on the next one not always possible it's a bit of a logistical nightmare and also getting the right journalists in the right cars today is a quite an easy one because we've obviously got one spec of car although we have got an automatic and a manual yeah. however it gets a bit tricky when we've got cars that have got different engines and different 
different specs. So when you're only out for two days, that's quite difficult to get people in the right cars, but we do our best. Have you ever lost a car on a test run? <laughs> well, not lost it. We maybe have found it, not necessarily in the condition that it was in when we sent it out, but that is a bit of a rare occurrence, but it has happened. How badly has the car ever been damaged? Oh, I think we had a rollover of one one year, and I think our chairman was in the car behind, so he got a bird's eye view of that, but thankfully no one was hurt, so... So did journalists who do that kind of thing, do they get invited again or is that the end of the relationship? Well, no, they'd get a second chance. A third chance I'm not sure about. (laughs) Everybody deserves a second chance. Absolutely. Listen, I'm thrilled to have done, I don't know, three laps of this circuit without killing anyone. That's an achievement (laughs) for me. And Erica, thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. No, seriously, if I was a car manufacturer, I wouldn't put me in one of their cars. I'm one of the clumsiest people this side of Tucky Inui. On the road with driver aids and skinny tyres, this car is fun and safe, even for a klutz like me. But having driven the manual version of the car on a circuit with the driver aids turned off, I can report that despite all my teasing earlier on about it supposing to be a sports car, it actually is. Just as the Renault Sport Megane Cup is and the Lotus Elise is. Light live, nimble, small and really satisfying but perhaps not a blisteringly quick sports car however if Toyota are true to their idea of not only allowing but actively encouraging the modification of this car by customers then the GT86 will just get quicker and quicker even if it's driven by me see ya to send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>